Wake up. It's the morning motivation with Brittany Daniel. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, guys. Welcome to the morning motivation. It is October 27th, Thursday. I just want to tell y'all when you guys start walking in faith, when you start doing your due diligence, due diligence as a disciple, the enemy will try to come and knock you down, put obstacles in front of you. But we rebuke and all that in the name of Jesus because we're not going to give him too much credit. Because when we speak Jesus' name, <laughs> Hello, somebody. Anywho, welcome to the Morning Motivation. I hope you guys are doing well today. This is your daily dose of motivation, spiritual motivation, God motivation. You can say, sometimes I call it ratchet Bible study, ghetto Bible, <laughs> ghetto Bible study. Um, no, but I hope you guys are ready for a really good word today um, or just a message. I pray that it touches your heart and we, we will jump into our prayer in a second. But I wanted to say yesterday striked an interesting conversation we were having. And we talked about uh, somebody said, well, Brittany, do what makes you happy. Right. Which is what we've been taught. They lie to us. y'all. They've been lying. All the motivational stuff. Been, they've been lying to us. And we're going to talk about that because it's not about us. Uh, and we're going to talk about why they lied. We're going to talk about the kingdom of heaven and what that truly means and how we get a piece of it right here, right now. And we're going to do all that. But before we do all that. Let's get into our prayer and then do our shout outs. If this is your first time watching, load in the comments where you're watching from. I would like to know if you cannot watch live with us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, uh, all of the platforms except for Instagram and TikTok. Um, if you cannot watch with us, then you can listen later at Brittany Daniel podcast at the Brittany Daniel podcast. And we are coming to an end of season three in December. Uh, season four will continue, but we'll, it, that's neither here nor there. But I hope you guys listen. We go live each and every weekday morning. And if you want your shout out, join us live. All right. So let's get ready to pray. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for coming into our lives and waking us up again for another day and allowing us to fellowship through the Internet and, and all of our mediums that we are allowed to fellowship. I want to say I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus, that anybody who is battling between what they are supposed to do and what you have called them to do and what they want to do, that you release release it right now and bind it in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray that you restore them with new faith, new hope, new peace, new integrity, new discernment, new wisdom, that they can live according to your word and do exactly what you have called them here to do, Lord, because we are here to do your purpose. In your darling son, Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all, if it ain't purpose, I don't want it. If it ain't God's will, I don't want it. If it ain't for God, I don't want it. <laughs> and uh, don't get it mixed up. You you still money. You still need that. Money is not evil. You still need money. You can still have your dreams, your goals and all of those things. But uh, sometimes you got to let that go in order to get what God truly has for you. And we'll talk about that. But let's go ahead and do our shout outs. Good morning, Chev. Let's see what Chef say. Good morning, everyone. Make the most out of these live chats now. I know they will. <laughs> Y'all better stop. We in October. Quit it. Good morning, Cookie Wasser. Good morning, Felicia. Good morning, Destiny. I love my morning motivators. Y'all are hilarious. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Queen. Good morning, Sydney. Good morning, Diamond. The Diamonds be in the building. Good morning, Diamond and Diamond. Good morning, Turquoise. Good morning, The Happy Housewife. Everybody, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit the like button. Uh, good morning, Liz. Good morning, 
Shade and good morning to Leah. How are you guys? I hope you guys are doing well. For everybody that comes in a little later, you guys please greet them and uh and, and make sure that they are welcome here. All right, so let's jump into it. Let's jump into why it's not about us. Good morning. And I and I say I hate to say that because we have been fed so many lies, especially through uh media, right? You'll get these little quotes about how you it's it's all about you and you're supposed to go after this you're supposed to go after this and last night in bible study our apostle was speaking on something that touched me and i was like oh i got to tell the morning motivators about that and it was truly about you guys ever heard the saying uh if you hold on to your life it's in the bible hold on believe it's luke we're gonna get there uh it's luke 17 and 33 you guys read it if you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you if you let go of your life, you will save it. And we're going to talk about what that means. And what our apostle was talking about last night is he was saying how sometimes we have all these dreams and desires and goals, right? I want to be a movie star. I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a wife. I want to be all of these things that we either are, are put in us, right? Because God definitely plants seeds for some people at a young age purpose. And then sometimes we have our own selfish ambitions, right? And what we are called to do as Christians, we are called to lay it down at his feet. Everything that we desire, everything that we want, we are supposed to lay it down at God's feet and say, hey, your will or no, like your your way or the highway pretty much. Like if it's not of you, if this is not what you want for my life, then help me let it go. You got to do that sometimes with relationships, sometimes with jobs, sometimes with you know, certain instances. Now, I wouldn't say family because family ain't going nowhere. And I would never tell you, you know, not to be cool with your family. Honor thy mother and thy father all the days in your of your life, right? Even if that's in a strange relationship, still honor them. So I, will, I won't say that. But sometimes you can love people 50 feet, depending on the circumstance, right? But we're supposed to lay everything at his feet, everything. Um, if you hold on to somebody, if you're trying to be with somebody, right? And it may not be time or it just may not be the person. Everybody you're attracted to, you ain't supposed to be with. That's where we get hemmed up. You know, men all the time. I can't be friends with women. Why not? Why not? Do you have you don't have no self-control to where you can tell yourself, you know what? She's off limits. I'm just not rocking with it like that. Yeah, she's cute. You know, it might be, you know, whatever, but I'm not rocking with it. I never understood that. Right. We are supposed to be people of discipline people of self-control. And I understand everybody's on different levels with it. But as Christians, we are called to always put everything at God's feet and say your will. Now, when you do that, that doesn't mean you stand back and you don't do nothing. You cross your arms. You'd be like, well, if God wanted to be, he going to make it happen. It's always a two-way street. But what we're supposed to do is yield to what he wants for us and not what we want for us. And I believe that's what that's talking about. So let's go back. Let's rewind because I jumped all the way to the end of the of the conversation. <clears throat> so I wrote down, it's not about being happy, getting everything we want, doing what we want, when we want, how we want. You can't just do what you want and get God's blessing. God don't work like that. Uh, <laughs> our apostle last night <laughs> was saying how there are things that are strictly in the Bible, right? That tell us yes and no. God doesn't really give us too much gray area when it comes to certain things. Good morning. And over the years, I'm not going to lie, like I even struggled with it. I was like, I don't believe everything in the Bible because 
you know, that don't seem right. That don't seem right. That don't seem right. Right. But as I grow and mature in my Christian faith and my spirituality and I read and I start understanding God. So that's why I tell you all the time to get your own Bible, get a physical Bible. Now, when I go to Bible study and I go to church, I take my iPad. I used to lug this thing, but all the little bits would get in my purse. It would be messy. I have little brown spots on my notes. I was like, you know what? Let's just leave this at the crib. This is like going out without your hair not being done. <laughs> don't nobody, nobody needs to see this, right? No, I don't care either way, but I'm just kidding. But this stays at the crib so I can read, I can study, I can take my notes, I can have it for morning motivation. And I can take, you know, my, my iPad to church. But I always tell y'all get a physical Bible because you have to you have to learn who God is for yourself. Right. This bubblegum fantasy person that people have presented God to be is not truly who he is. Not to say he's not kind, not to say he's not love you. It tells you God's love is 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 amazing. Right. But we are in the likeness of him. So think about it like this. Say if there was a parent, a male. Um, any males on here right now? I'll use Percy for an example because Percy Percy pops in every now and again. He might not be here today, but say Percy is a father and he has two children. He has a child that obeys, you know, obeys, you know, the rules of the house. He's a hard worker. He gets good grades. He does everything he's supposed to do, right? Not perfect because nobody's perfect. You know, he might get in trouble every every once in a while, but child A, call him Malcolm. Malcolm doesn't really, he's, he's good. He's responsible. He can leave his home because he fears his father and he fears that, hey, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, then I'm going to get a whooping or I'm going to get in trouble. I'm not going to be able to go to prom. Like Malcolm is on the straight and narrow because Malcolm knows if I do what I'm supposed to do, then I get these things, right? I get to, you know, uh, be with, hang out with my girlfriend. I get to go hang out with my friends. I get to have my job and keep my money because my dad is holding down everything. But Malcolm does what he's supposed to do. Not perfect, but he does what he's supposed to do. Then you got Alex. Now, Alex is the rebellious child, right? Alex is the child that, you know, drinks, smokes, curses, uh, curses people out, doesn't do his homework, doesn't gets in trouble, gets get the calls to the school all the time, sneaks out of the house, doesn't obey his parents, uh, just just reckless, just a reckless son, right? Just does what he wants to do, doesn't care about his mother and his father's wills, wishes, nothing, doesn't care about school, just wild, wild child, right? Now, Percy as his father or loves both of his children. But who do you think will be left in Percy's will when Percy dies? Would it be Malcolm? Because Malcolm is responsible. Malcolm, he knows that Malcolm is not going to, you know, squander his money. He's responsible. He works. He saves. He's 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 doing the things that he was raised to do. Or do you think that Percy would leave his 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 riches and everything to Alex? Alex does what he wants to do. Foreign gays does, does, does everything. Y'all put in the comments. It's common sense, right? <laughs> like it's not rocket science. It's, it's, it's not rocket science who Percy would try to cho would choose to carry on the blessings of his family because an inheritance is a blessing. When you work hard, a lot of us, you know, African-Americans, we don't get too many inheritance. I believe this generation, maybe our parents, 
will give us some, some people get homes, you know, some people get money and wills. We're starting to talk about wills and, and doing so we're setting things up for the next generation that if we were to pass, like if I were to go, my family gets some money from me, right? That's how I got my life set up. Like I have a will, I have a, I have a, I have a life insurance. So I'm leaving an inheritance for my family. And when you're filling out your paperwork, you have to decide who in your family is going to be responsible for your inheritance. You're not going to give your inheritance to an irresponsible person. You're not, right? You're not going to give your inheritance, even if it's your mom. If you know your mom isn't is irresponsible, if you know your dad is irresponsible, if you know your sister is irresponsible, you know your cousin is irresponsible, you are going to pick the most responsible person to pass down your inheritance to because you want to make sure your money isn't squandered. You saved your money. You worked hard. You put it in investments. You're not going to just. You're not going to just give it to the, the, the problem person in the family. Everybody got that person in their family. that's just chaotic. You're not going to give your will and your life insurance over to that person. It's not going to happen. So if we are in the likeness of God. Right. And we have that common sense. Why do we not think that God doesn't have that same essence about himself? Not to say that he does not love us, but if which child do you think that he's going to want to give his inheritance to the one who worked for it or the one that just does whatever they want to do? Fornicates, cusses, curses, the list goes on and on. Sins, see it, kills, steals, destroys. Or responsible, submits. Uh, respectful honors works hard. like which child do you think will get the inheritance it's really obvious so i'm not even going to say it because i think y'all I, I know y'all got sense and oh, you know what everybody ain't on the same page he ain't giving it to alex let's just say that he's going to give his inheritance to malcolm and that's how we have to honor god y'all being a christian is no easy feat it's not you can't be in the world the way everybody else gets to be in the world. You can't do everything that everybody else used to do. You can't participate in things everybody used to participate in. And some of y'all going to be like, oh, this is too much. It's, it's okay. It's heavy. Thank you. Thank you, Destiny. <laughs> it's heavy. It's a, it's a heavy burden to bear. But it's a peaceful one when, you, when, we, when we honor God and do it right. It's so much better. I'm going to tell y'all this. I have way more restrictions on my life now than I did six months ago, being fully transparent. I was a Christian, but, you know, I was like, eh, you know, dabbling. <laughs> you know how we do dabble. My life is so much more peaceful now with more restrictions than it was when I was doing what I wanted to do. The people in my life, the experiences I'm having, the things that I'm saying no to and finding out later that thank God I didn't go because the things that God has been keeping me from downloading into me, giving me more purpose, giving me more position, the people that I'm meeting, the standard of love that I have for myself, everything is just elevated for me. Following God's way. It's so much better. Is it more restricting? Yes. But the Bible will tell you, don't, don't worry about what other people are doing in them streets. It don't say it like that, but that's what it means. <laughs> don't worry about what people are doing in them streets because they are farther from the king. There There's so many Alexes running around. Alex is just all over the place. But if you are Malcolm, God is going to see you as different. 
Not to say that he doesn't love his two to his children. He loves us all the same, but he gives his favor and his inheritance to those who honor his word and honor what we're supposed to do. Just like people don't think that God is very different from us, but we like to be preached to and told to God. God loves you through it all. Yes, he does. But God does not honor everything that we do. That's why we are convicted. So when you become a Christian, you are supposed to be resaved. Re That's what the rebirth is for. You're dying of yourself. You're dying of your own old life. You're giving up the things that you used to do, the ways of the world, the things that you were into, the things that you were participating in. You, you're giving up your body. And let's talk about the fornication thing, right? Because people don't like that part. They don't, oh, I got to give. I got to stop having sex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you are not married, that is not your activity. It's like I can't go into the NFL and just put pads on because it's Super Bowl Sunday and I want to just play in the game. No, you have to earn that. Sex is supposed to be like the Super Bowl. You can't just anybody can't just walk on the field, put pads on and be thrust in the game. No, you got to spend years of due diligence and hard work and, and, and shifting and forming yourself in order to be the best to get into that game. Kind of how marriage is supposed to be, right? So no, you cannot fornicate. And one thing my apostle said last night that was super powerful was it's like becoming a Muslim. When you become a Muslim, there are standards and procedures that you have to follow, period. And I don't know why Christianity, this is when we have standards, it's like, how dare you judge me? How dare? And ain't nobody judging you because we're not supposed to judge. God is judging. Now, I'm not judging because I used to do it. But I'm telling you what I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But when you become a Muslim, there are certain things that you just can't do. You can't. Uh, what do you got to pray five times a day? You got to praise Allah is your is your claim Allah is your God, right? You got to pray five times a day and you can't eat pork. No swine, my brother. No swine. Get swine, get left behind. It's a standard. It is a non-negotiable. Period. Let you be a Muslim and get caught eating a ham sandwich. It's going to be some smoke in the city. They will rebuke. They will do I don't know what they'll do because I ain't Muslim, but you you get what I mean. If y'all know Muslims, y'all know they do not play about no swine, period. On the other hand, for Christians, because we don't like to talk about this, there are certain things that we are not supposed to do. And fornication is one of them. You're supposed to give up your body. Jesus Christ gave up his body to save us. We have to give up our body as a sacrifice. Back in the old days, they used to do calves and burn sacrifice. We don't do none of that no more. We don't take nothing to the altar and burn it. We don't slay lamb and do, we don't do none of that no more. That was Old Testament. We don't do none of that as the sacrifices of God. We give up our bodies for God because we're telling God as much as I want to do these things because it's in the flesh, I am willing to give it and lay it at your feet because I want your will over my life, not mine. And the beautiful part about this, yes, you're restricted. Yes, will you get urges, but you pray them away. I'm telling you, pray them away. You will get urges, especially if you've already cultivated in that space, right? If you've already been doing the do, you're going to be, you're going to have urges. But the thing is, is when you turn away from those urges, because the Bible will tell us that God, no temptation is greater than God. All you got to do is call on Jesus' name and start putting your mind on God and, and the urge will go away. You'll get urges. But the beautiful part about turning away from sexual sin is 
You don't get caught up with people you ain't supposed to be doing it with. Your standard goes way higher for people. You can discern people better. It's really for your protection. It's not because God is mean and he up there talking about some y'all can't y'all can't have sex because I don't want you to have pleasure. No, it's for your protection. It's for your bodily protection because there's so much out here nowadays, y'all. Y'all know that. The herp is regular now. It's, a, it's, it's in the streets. Everything is so normal now. STDs are normal now. AIDS is normal now. There's commercials about taking pills and it, you know, oh, it, it goes away. It's everything is out there now, right? So it's not only protecting your body, it's protecting your mind. Women, we are so sensitive and a lot of us are too sensitive to be giving away our bodies the way we do. Too, 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 too sensitive. You know we want to love. You know you want to be cherished and honored and protected. And yet because fornication is not high on our priority list as a Christian, we give it to undeserving people. Some of them don't even know God for real. Can't even can't even tell you a story in the Bible. Can't bust out a, a verse. Can't paraphrase a verse. Ain't been to church since his grandma took him in 93. <laughs> you know, so when you... When you lay your, your sexuality at God's feet, even if you're dealing with homosexuality, if you lay it at his feet, there's nothing that he can't honor you, but he honors that. That's like being a Malcolm. Malcolm is like, you know what? I ain't doing that because it's not it's not a part of the rules. So when I don't know why we get so hell bent, y'all, on trying to do what we want to do and being mad because we're held to a standard of not doing certain things because we're not supposed to just like other religions, they're not supposed to. So anytime you get mad about not being able to fornicate, at least you can eat a ham sandwich. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm not trying to diminish it, but would you see what I mean? Like there are certain things that certain religions just can't do. And, and that's one of them. But when you become a Christian, you are resaved, reborn, rebirthed, right? John 3 and 3, unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. Now, I used to think that was heaven. I used to think the kingdom of God was heaven, right? And then I started, I was like, hmm, because our apostle gave us a little nugget on this. The kingdom of God is not heaven because heaven is distinctly talked about differently in the Bible. That's why we're supposed to study our Bibles, y'all. God it does. God and Jesus does not give you something laid out like always transparent. God said in Proverbs that he hides things for the kings to seek it out. He doesn't want it to be like Ikea instructions. What is the step one, step two, step three? He gave us the Ten Commandments, but he wants us to be like, wait. What did God mean by that? And then do more research. Why do you think he made the body so complex? I was in the I was in the doctor's office the other day and I was looking at my veins and I was like, man, God is so amazing. He made a whole entire system that gets blood through every part of our body. And if one of these veins is cut, I'm gone. People had to study the body to understand how it works. You have to study his word to understand how God works. You have to ain't no getting around it. Yes, it does. Yes, it does stream online. Ain't no getting around it. Ain't no getting around it, y'all. Right? So it says, John 3 and 3 says, 
unless you are born again, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. And I started going, wait a minute. What is the kingdom of heaven? Right. So I wrote down heaven and the kingdom of heaven are different. Then it's, then I went down to Luke 17 and 21. And it says the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible sign. Okay. You won't be able to say there it is or there it is or it's over here for the kingdom of God is already in you. The kingdom of God is already in you. And I started thinking. Hmm. So in the past, I've heard people say we're all gods. Right. I've heard people say that. That ain't what I ain't never heard God say that. I never heard God say we were gods because if we were gods, we'd be perfect. If we were gods, we'd be perfect, right? Yes, yeah, Embassy City. <clears throat> Y'all got a powerful stuff, right? The kingdom of God is already in you, meaning your peace, your purpose. I really took peace from it. Turning away. Okay, so this is why I got peace from it, right? Turning away from sin gives you peace. When you are on the straight and narrow, when you're trying to do life right, when you repent for your sins and not, I'm not talking about being perfect. Everybody's going to slip. Do not beat yourself up too much. When you slip, get convicted, be like, oh, do better change. Like, okay, I'm not going to do this no more. If drinking makes you slip, don't stop drinking. If smoking makes you slip, stop smoking. If being around that man and him smelling all good and he's at your house rubbing your feet makes you slip, stop letting him man come to your house period put some standards and ramifications and zones on your house y'all everything else has a has a barrier everything else has a gate but we don't put gates on our own lives you can't roll up to a rich person's house it's always a gate in front of it and then a long driveway before you get there to make sure everybody can't come through here and we just be letting people come in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. No, especially men. Y'all get some stand, get some discipline. <laughs> and not to shame my men. I'm just saying, you are you are truly a rich person of God. You are a vessel of God. It says the kingdom of heaven is already in you. You are a vessel of God. Put some standards on it. Heck no, you can't come in my life. Heck no, you can't speak to me. Heck no, you don't get access to me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a beautiful million dollar house. I have a gate and the only way you can access that gate is with that code or you got to buzz the button and you, hello, it's me. Who, who is me? It's Johnny. Oh no, Johnny ain't allowed. And you ain't, you access denied. Gates don't open. <laughs> you know what I mean? But listen to this though. Turning away from sin gives you peace. I put when you sin and you're a person of God. You have no peace. You will be so convicted. You may sin in the moment, right? And it'd be fun. Turning up, drinking, smoke, whatever you want to do, whatever you're doing. You know, you might get into it, you know, uh, you know, being grown, right? <laughs> but the very next day or when it's all said and done, if you are a person of God, if you are really trying to live right, you will be so convicted. You will have no peace. You will have zero peace peace right and it says you won't feel right and everything you do you'll second guess it you feel uh you'll feel guilty you're that's when you feel convicted that's why people don't like christianity that's why a lot of people don't like christianity because they want to do what they want to do and then everybody's supposed to be cool with it 
right? <laughs> Everybody's supposed to be cool with it. You know, and, and as Christians, we are supposed to hold each other accountable. Now, are we supposed to judge each other and be mean about it? No, we're not. We're supposed to love each other as we would want to be loved. We're supposed to convict each other as we want to be convicted with salt, with love, with sugar, all of the all of the it things, right? We're supposed to treat each other the way we treat ourselves. So that's the second part of why people don't like Christianity. Because back in the day, it used to be sending people, sending folks, trying to trying to shame and shun, and like people were put in front of the freaking congregation when they said that ain't what God told you to do. I don't know where that came from. Were you supposed to confess in front of all these folks? And God ain't tell you none of that. That's personal. Unless you're Catholic, then you go in the confession. No, and do that. But as a Christian, you're supposed to just repent and change, not repent and keep doing what you want to do. Not being like, oh, God, forgive me. You know, no, you're supposed to feel guilty. You're supposed to feel guilty. You're supposed to be convicted. God, I am so sorry. I'm, I slipped up. I did not mean to do that. I, I'm going to do better. Uh, and then when you do better, put parameters in place to do better. If alcohol makes you slip, take it out your house, throw it away, pour it out, give it away, whatever you got to do. If the, if the weed makes you slip up, give it away, throw it away, whatever. I say throw it away so you don't cause nobody else to, you know, but that's between you and your guy. I don't know. You know, if, if, like I said, if doing it to do causes you to slip up, stop, put your body on, put your body at his feet and then put parameters in place to where you don't slip up. If, if, if drinking and smoking makes you, makes you fall back, tell people, Hey, I can't, I can't come. I can't do that. They going outside to smoke. You go the other way. <laughs> you know, they starting to drink you, you, I can't, I can't participate, unfortunately, because I'm too weak in this season. Y'all I stopped. I'm not going to homecoming something I love because I'm too weak in this season. I will slip up and drink and party and do things and talk the way that I am not called to do in this season. Do I want to please myself or do I want to please God? And if I know by going to that environment is not going to please God, I have to turn away from it. Will I be sad the weekend where everybody posts? Yes. I missed a bachelorette party. Was I sad that I seen people turning up on a boat and in the jacuzzi and, 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 and having a good time and make it to time? Yes. But guess what? I'm here to please God. That's my number one priority. And I'm not saying that you cannot have fun as a Christian. I'm not saying that you're supposed to like, I'm not supposed to say you're supposed to just be in the house like, oh, I'm supposed to only go to church. No, he tells you to have fun. And for some people, drinking might not be what, you, what you're struggling with. Jesus drunk? Well, I don't know. That's between you and your God. But what I'm saying is there are other things to do. You can have a good time without indulging in things that make you not be good, better with God. But anyways, going back to this, turning away from sin gives you peace. That's what's internally in you. The kingdom of God is in you because it, it, that's where your peace lies. When you are on the straight and narrow and not to say, and I'm going to read a verse in the Bible um, that make you, we got to be humble about it. And, and, and I saying, oh, I've been doing, I'm, I'm just a super Christian. I don't do nothing. No, that's not what I'm saying. We're going to read a verse about that. Um, but Christians, we can't uh, we can't get comfortable with sin because when you get comfortable with sin. Right. If you make an excuse. Oh, excuse me. Let me go back a little bit. It says that's why people don't like Christianity. A part of it is outside is outside judgment. And the other part is is being the, is the conviction. 
what my apostle said last night, which was hilarious, was uh, people want to find churches that make them comfortable with their sin so they can continue to do it and they don't feel convicted. And they want preachers to preach. God is just going to snuggle up with your sin and he's going to No, God is going to love you anyway. God will never stop loving you. You're his children. God don't work like that. God is never going to turn his back on you. He's never going to leave you nor forsake you. He told you that just like with the, the example that we set, right? The example that we set was what Percy, Percy ain't here, uh, but with Percy and his two children, Malcolm and Alex, right? What was the point of me saying that? <laughs> he loves both of his children. He loves both of his children dearly. He would do anything for his kids. But he ain't a fool either. So he's not going to leave his inheritance to his foolish child. He's going to leave his inheritance to the to the, the, the child that's on the straight and narrow. The one that's doing right. The responsible child. The mature child. Not the immature, wilding out child. It's not going to happen, right? So as Christians, we cannot afford to get comfortable with sin. It should convict you. You should feel bad. Uh, and not to say you judge yourself or you beat yourself up and you, oh, my God, God ain't ever going. No, no, no. Let the conviction stir you enough to repent and change your ways. And then you move forward and let it go. You forgive yourself. You ask God for forgiveness and you let it go and you move on. Because spending days and weeks and um, God ain't tell you to do all that. <laughs> he ain't tell you say repent. Turn from sin and keep it like just keep it moving. So we ain't supposed to be like wallowing around being like, oh, my life is over because I have to give up all of this because I'm a Christian. No. And if you don't feel convicted, then that might not be for you. That's OK. Well, ain't a, it ain't OK. But, you know, do you between you and God? <laughs> it doesn't align with who we are. Certain things just don't align with who we are, just like with Muslims eating a ham sandwich don't align with them. They just it just does not align. It's just something that they just don't do. And I feel like we are the only religion that I hear that every nobody wants to just not do what we supposed to do. And it's so it ain't no, it ain't OK. I was about to say it's OK. No, it ain't OK. So Luke 17 and 33. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. If you try to cling to all your your old ways, if you try to cling to all your old wills over your life, if you try to cling to all of those things, you will lose your life. You will lose the kingdom of heaven. Because what happens is if you're if you're a Christian and you believe in that, you believe in this and you study this, you go to church, you get in convicted. And one of the reasons why I say go to church is you got to be around the same type of mentally mentally abled people just like morning motivation to keep you on a straight and narrow right so you don't slip so people can pray for you so you have people that you can actually vent to because people of the world and some of your friends may not feel the same way as you do right not to say you judge them not to say you got to kick them to the curb no i'm not supposed to say you ain't supposed to be on an isolated rock by yourself because you're a christian no but being if you're if you're doing all of those things you are going to change it's 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 dang near impossible to do it the correct way and not change, right? I see your question. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you. But if you try to cling to everything you used to be and who you used to, you're going to lose your life. You know why? Because the kingdom of heaven is. When you get comfortable with sin, conviction stops. When you no longer have that tether to the Holy Spirit to be like, hey, you ain't supposed to be doing that. Hey, that ain't right. Hey, you sinning. When you don't have that anymore and it's just what you do, the kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of God is, is not in you. 
because that's what that's what gets stirred up and, and it gets shaken and why you don't have peace. Well, I can't say it's not in you. Let me not misspeak and misquote the Bible. What I'm saying is you you're not doing it right if you're cool with your sin. Because God don't operate like that. But if he says if you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let and if you let your life go, you will save it. All right. So this was a good question. On your new walk, do you do you listen to the same music? Now, here's here's something interesting. I'll tell you this. Now, certain things I do, like if it's on the radio or um, I've, I've scaled it back a lot. I will tell you that a lot of stuff that I listen to is like. 2000s hip hop. Where is to me ain't as bad as it used to be. And I'm still working on that. But one thing that I did notice is when I do listen to a lot of secular music too much, it's imprinted in my brain. I'm telling y'all, F-R-E-E is 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 in here living rent free all the time. And I have to rebuke that sometimes. Because I'm just like, I'm not even trying to listen. I'm not even trying to think about that. I'm trying to pray. <laughs> I'm not even trying to think about that. I'm in church. I'm not trying to think. And I really feel like you have to be careful on what you consume. And not to say that you have to that's between you and God. I don't know. You have to figure out what you convicted it. Cause some Christians listen to secular music and do stuff, certain things. Um, but it's really what downloads into your spirit and downloads into your mind. Cause a, an idle mind is a devil's playground. That's how the God, that's how devil gets to you first is through your mind. It don't, it don't, it, it don't even be about outwardly things. He gets to you in your mind. So it's up to you. Do I? Yes. Do I listen to everything? No. There are certain things I won't listen to, won't watch anymore. Like that Jeffrey Dahmer, you can have that. No. So be very careful, as a, especially as a, a person, period. You ain't even got to be a Christian. As a person, period, you got to be careful what you can, can you consume because it's not just a song. It's affirmation. It's repetitive. Like anytime chanting is a repetitive thing, right? So if, you, if you're constantly saying... N's ain't ish, B's ain't ish, N's ain't ish, B's ain't ish. You're 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 practicing a mantra. You're speaking affirmation. That's why a lot of people spoke death in their music and they're gone. Uh, Puff said one time to Biggie, he said there are certain things that he wouldn't allow him to say because he knew that that power, life and death was in the power of the tongue. So I'm not telling you that you have to you know, that's between you and your walk. I don't know. You might be called. You might not be. Um, but it does. It does. It does matter. It's frequency. Exactly. It's frequency. It's vibration. It's intention. It's incantation. Right. And I want to say something else that you made me think about when I was saying that. Um, one thing my apostle said last night for people that are like, no, I'm not really on church. I really don't want to go to church. Witches, witches have covens. Witches, even witches have community. Muslims have a mosque. Everybody has a, a, a tribe. You know, we'll, we'll meet for, together for brunch. We'll link up for somebody's birthday. We'll go on trips together with people we don't even know. We cool with all of that. But we don't want to walk into a church because we don't know nobody. I really want to rebuke that because it's really, it's really the enemy keeping you away from what you need. Because not only praise and worship. Oh, excuse me, Jesus. Excuse me, God. Excuse me. Praise and worship is for God, right? And the word is for you. 
So it's a dual relationship. And is church every single thing? No. Some people watch online because um, it's really it's not it's not all about church, but it's about community. It's about community because even witches have covens. OK, and we're fighting. The reason why we have to get right is because there's a really there's a really demonic like takeover going on right now, especially in America. I don't know about the rest of the world, but especially in America, man, more if every time you turn on something it's talking about demons or killing or it's demonic or. Every everything. Dang, hocus. Po okay, let's break this down. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you something. We got some time. Hocus pocus, right? Two, one and two. Very distinctly different. And here's why I'm going to break that down. The first hocus pocus, which was one of my childhood favorite movies, had a very clear distinction between good and evil, right? There was a clear line that the witches were evil. They sucked souls out of kids. They were doing really demonic things, casting spells, had a spell book, all of that stuff. They were hung, burnt, all of that stuff, right? Very drawn a line. The kids wasn't doing any witchcraft. The only thing that old boy did was light the candle. And then they had salt for protection. And that's actually real. But um, so they were, but very distinctive line between good and evil. And the witches were very, very demonic in that movie, right? On a Disney level. Very clear distinction between good and evil. The second movie made the good, it, it blurred the lines between good and evil, right? It made evil okay. The little girls had a coven. They were called witches. Uh, the Sanderson sisters were praised. And in the second movie, the witches weren't as evil. They were stupider. They were funnier. They were nicer. Then you went back to their childhood and seen how they were raised. So you got you made got empathy for them, right? Oh, they did all that because of their dad and all. You got empathy for the witches. And then at the end, at the end, it was like she sacrificed herself because she wanted to be with her sisters. Oh. There's so many lines being blurred between good and evil now that we have to be prayed up. We have to know the word. We have to know what's right. We have to be God filled. You have to know how to cast out demons. You have to know. And I know people, some people are going to be like, whoa, you have to know how to speak. speak. You got to know how to pray because you might think you cool. But what about your children? Yo, they got cell phones. Easiest way to get through to your children. You have no idea half the time what they're watching, what they're listening to, the programming that's being fed into them. The devil is right in their hands every day. Not to say that you, you you doing it. I understand why kids have tablets and stuff. It's technology. It's the times we live in. It would be unrealistic to be like kids shouldn't have it or won't, shouldn't, you know, whatever. But gone are the day. When we were growing up, there was a clear divide. From who had access to us, right? Television had regulations. We only had TVs. And then most of us, when we were growing up, we had one computer. And if your parents were smart, your computer was downstairs where everybody can see. <laughs> you know what I mean? So don't think 
that your children are growing up in the same time you did. It's absolutely different. And not only did television have regulations, there were shows that came on specifically when they came on. Well, no reruns, well, no streaming, well, no constant binging. Once your show was over, you turned off the TV and went to bed. Once, uh, what is it, Martin, Living Single in New York Undercover went off, it was time for bed because the news came on. My mom let me stay up and watch that on what, Thursday, Wednesdays or Thursdays, and it was time for bed. Well, no, and if you if you missed it, you missed it. What no, what no, oh, I'm going to binge watch it later. <laughs> we live in a very, very, very different time, y'all. So we got about 10 minutes. Let me read this, and then I'm going to go through some of the comments. Yeah, they want you to, they want you to turn away from every, they want you to turn away from all of this. So you won't be spiritually protected. So you will go and sin. I'm telling telling y'all but we don't want to get too high and mighty about it god definitely wants us to stay humble let me read luke 6 29 luke is really really good we read a few verses in luke i hope you all wrote them down i hope when i'm up here giving y'all bible verses that y'all don't just listen and go about your day i say those verses so you guys can go read them for yourself do not take my word for it do not take a pastor's word for it read it for yourselves, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. So Luke 18 and 10. And it talk, it's a parable about, uh, about the Pharisees and the tax collector, right? So it says, two men went to the temple. This is what Jesus is saying. Two men went to the temple. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank God. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else. I do not cheat. I do not sin. I do not commit adultery. I, I am certainly not like the tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you 10th of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not to even lift his eyes to the heavens. And he prayed instead. He beat his chest instead of beating his chest in sorrow by saying, oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you this sin, this sinner not this Pharisee, return home. Re oh, this is what Jesus, uh, Jesus then said. I tell you this sinner, not the Pharisee, return home, justify before God, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exiled. Okay, so it's coming before God and being humble. Like we ain't nobody, I'm no better, y'all. I'm just over here telling y'all what I know because I'm going through it. I'm going through it. I'm telling y'all because I'm going through it. And I would be wrong not to. I, I can't, I can't not do it. So let's go down to, um, so Jesus blesses the children. So the two, some parents come to where Jesus was and they're banging on the door or they're asking God uh, or Jesus to bless their children. Right. And the disciples are like, y'all don't be just rolling up to Jesus place like this and, and making all this noise. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And then Jesus goes, let the children come in. Don't stop them for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. God, we got to be humble. We got to be curious. We have to to seek God. You know, when you're a child, you just you you have all these questions. Why? 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 
We have to seek God. Um, and then let's let's go down to this one. I'm going to read this and I'm going to go to your comments. OK, it says the rich man, once a religious leader, asked Jesus this question. Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Right. So a, a, a leader went to went to Jesus and asked him this. And then Jesus said, well, why do you call me good? Jesus said, Jesus asked him, only God is truly good. He said, but to answer your question, you know, the you know, the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. And you must not testify falsely. Honor your mother and thy father. The man replied, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there is still one thing that you have not done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have a treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. Right. But then when the man heard this, he became very sad for he was very rich. It says when Jesus saw this, he said, how hard is it for a rich man to for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven? In fact, it is easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this, those who heard this then said. Then who in the world can be saved? Right. And then God, Jesus replied, what is impossible for people? Is possible for God. It's possible with God. Excuse me. Peter said, we've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied. And I assure you that everyone who has given up their house or wife or brother or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times in this life and will enter the life and the kingdom of the world. Right. A lot of people read that. And will think that, oh, I can't have money. And get to God. That's not what it's saying. Do you see how it wasn't about the man having money? It was that when God said, Hey, I think it was a test just to prove a point. It was a test to prove a point, right? And all of his disciples had to let go of what they knew. They had to leave their life, they had to die to themselves to be reborn and to follow Jesus. And at this time, he's actually talking to Jesus. Right. So he wanted him to like, hey, well, you've done all this, but this is one thing that you haven't done. You haven't let go of the world. You haven't let go of all of your richly possessions, all that they are, your comforts, everything that you want to follow me. We're supposed to be so about God and Jesus that we can be like, look, if it's not of you, take it. If it's not your will, take it. Right. Whether it be a job, whether it be a house. Now, I'm not telling you to go quit. I'm not telling you to go give up all your stuff. That ain't what I'm telling you to do. So don't 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 take it like that. Because God talked that Jesus talked in parables. Jesus talked in um, yeah, Jesus talked in parables. But I think he was proving a point. It's like when we're supposed to lay everything at his feet. Lord, if this relationship ain't of you, I'm letting it go. If this job ain't of you, I'm letting it go. If this whatever I have ain't of you, let I'm letting it go. Not to say you go do the work and you go sell your house. I ain't telling you to do that. Jesus, Jesus, he was, was talking with his disciples. <laughs> but what I what it's saying is when he told him, when he told the rich man, give up your possessions and follow me. He saw the disappointment in, in that man's face. He saw like, dang, I got to That's how I got to get there. I got to give up all my stuff. He was like, see my point. You're not willing to give up what you truly desire in order to do what I need you to do. A lot of us, a lot of y'all have dreams, ambitions, and goals that are not of God or that it's not in God's plan for you. 
So you got to give it, you got to lay it at his feet and see what he truly wants you to do. Y'all think, let me tell y'all this before we get out of here. And I'm going to stay a little late and read comments because I got time today. If y'all think that the, when I started morning motivation, that this was my plan, it was not. I was trying to get closer. I was trying to get a hundred thousand subscribers. I was trying to grow my channel. I was like, okay, this is the way. I just kept obeying God. And when I started seeing subscribers decrease, when I started seeing the money from my channel decrease, when I started not getting sponsorships the same way or denying sponsors because they did not align with what I'm truly about and was truly meant and all of that. Got to be obedient. But guess what happened in the midst of all of that? No, I did not get my goal. No, I didn't get what I want, but I got a better relationship with God. I got to meet y'all. I got to help a lot of y'all through God, by the grace of God. It's his, him, not me. I've learned, I've grown. I'm in a church now. God has transformed my life from the inside out. And he can do it for you, but it takes work. It takes being, being convicted. It takes reading your word. You know, we eat, we got to eat every day. This is your spiritual food. Read his word every day. Make time every day, every day. Make time. Just open it up. 30 minutes. You know, we, we, we take longer to get ready. Some of us give them 30 minutes, pray, spend time with them, you know, repent, channel the Holy spirit. You know, we, we want to channel everything else. Talk to the channel God. <laughs> Spend time with them. Start changing your life. You cannot be, I don't care what people say. Yes, God will love you. He absolutely love you. But there is no way you can continue to be who you used to be and enter the kingdom of heaven and have that peace within God. That's what it is. It's about peace. It ain't about going to heaven. It's about, are you truly seeking God's purpose for your life? Because when you do, even when things aren't going According to plan, even when things aren't a hundred percent right, you have so much peace. You have so much peace. Your bills could be late. You got so much peace, and you know God is making a way because He starts opening doors for you. Life is just so much better when you're on that side. When you're on the side of doing right, being convicted, following God, doing what you're supposed to do, life is just better. Life is better. Is it perfect? No. Do you get everything? No. God ain't a genie. I, I didn't, I didn't, I am my account. I didn't become a millionaire <laughs> overnight because I started. No, God ain't a genie. He don't work like that. He ain't a vending machine. You don't put in your money and just push the buttons. And, ooh, look. and people get frustrated because they're like, I'm doing all of this and I'm still not getting what I want. That ain't what it's about. It's about letting go of everything that you want to then serve God. And in the midst of that, God gives you everything you need and more. But in such a beautiful way, stuff that you didn't even think was possible. Oh, God, this is what you have for me. Some of y'all will have better relationships, but y'all still clinging on to Rufus. <laughs> y'all still clinging on to them Alexes. Y'all need to let them Alexes go. Don't let a man or another person deprive you from your kingdom. Your, your kingdom. Don't let another person deprive you from your purpose. Everybody ain't meant to go with you forever. Jesus even left his disciples. Everybody's not meant to stay on your path forever. 
And there's only so much prayer you can do for them. There's only so much you can do. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. It's personal. This relationship between God and us is personal. You can't make nobody praise and worship. You can't keep praying and praying. Unless you marry. Now, the Bible says if you marry, stay married. I ain't telling you to divorce your husband. Unless he's like treating you like. Then, that's, you know, pray about that. But if it's a boyfriend, if it's a fiance, if it's a sibling, if it's a, a cousin, if it's a friend, don't do nothing that's going to keep you away from God and keep you from your inheritance. Sometimes you just got to let them Alex's go, keep praying for them and love them, for, love them at 50 feet. Everybody's not meant to go with you. Now, are you supposed to just leave people at high and dry? No. People still got access to me. They can call me. I'll pray for you. Do you have access to my body? No. Do you have access to my mind? No. My time is limited. My time is limited because I do a lot. You know what I mean? But you still got me in prayer. I'm still your I'm still your spiritual sister forever. I will always pray for you. I had to pray for my enemy last night at church because I was I got convicted to be like, hey, something some you're holding a grudge somewhere. So I had to like dig deep and find that. And I was like, oh, that person. OK, cool. It was a little hard, but I had to pray for my enemy. Lord, forgive them for they not know what they do. I pray for that person has blessed and peace and I forgive them right now in the mighty name of Jesus and let it go. And sometimes you got to repeat those prayers over and over and over again. But don't let nobody stop you from what you, your inheritance. Be a Malcolm. Don't be an Alex. Because an Alex ain't going to be doing nothing but be homeless one day. You know. And if you were here in the beginning, then you you understand the parable and the, the story. All right. So um, going to the if you guys have to go to work, have a beautiful and blessed day. I will see you guys tomorrow. I'm going to go ahead and read some of these comments. Um, sorry if I'm starting from the back. Young Beck says, where do you start with changing your language and how do you talk talk as as how you talk as far as cursing? Also, how do you deal with anger without lashing out or acting out? Um, first, understand how powerful your words are. Your words can are super powerful. Life and death is through the power of the tongue. So when you know the responsibility you have, you should be convicted to, to want to, to want to change. You have to want to change first, right? And then you just start skipping those words, not saying it, uh, cutting it out, using substitutes, freak, crap. Well, not crap. Crap is still a little bad. Um, <laughs> just use substitutes or just... Practice not saying it. You don't have to curse. Like cursing is cursing is like a, a easy go-to. Cursing is a default. You don't have to curse. So change up your language. Use something else. Um, when you do curse, you, dang, my bad. Forgive me, Lord. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. All right, I'm going to do better. You know, and also how to deal with people when you're angry. You got to learn to control your anger. He who angers you controls you. So are you going to control you or are you going to allow others to control you? And then always remember that they're a child of God and how you talk to God's children is how he's going to hold you accountable. And we are supposed to follow the golden rule, which is treat others as we want to be treated. So if we don't want to be treated badly, if we don't want to be cussed out, if we don't want to be lashed out at, then don't do it to others. Hold yourself to a higher standard. Do unto others as you will want them to do unto you. That's how I do it. Like, I be wanting to cuss people out on the highway, but I be like, Lord, that's your child. Nope, I ain't going to do that. 
Imagine God rolling up on you when you talk about his children or when you cuss his children out, you call them idiots. The Bible, And then read your Bible. It tells you what happens when you do stuff like that. It's not, you know, we ain't supposed to. Uh, Simone says the computer was always in the main room. Amen. It was. Uh, goat the Bible, but society, we must use the word, but, uh, but as society, we use the word so loosely. See, maybe I should go to the top and go down. Cause then, um, cause then I won't be confused. Okay. So cookie monster said earlier in the, in the, in the chat, Abraham and Sarah tried to speed up God's blessings because they were childish instead of waiting on God to bless them with a child, childless, excuse me, ways with a child got involved with Hagar and it was nothing but problems. Yep. We talked about that whole story. When you try to do it your way and not God's way. Absolutely. Liz said, plus it's not like us as Christians feel forced to stop these things either. We, when coming back to Christ and being in your word daily or regularly, most of these desires flee from your own. That is true. When you start getting in the word and you start really being convicted and going to church, stuff like that, you don't want to do these things anymore. It's just like, I'd rather not. Thank you for that, Liz, if you're still on. Marjorie says, that's true. Muslims take their faith seriously. I have some coworkers that are Muslim and I see it. Exactly. They don't play about that. They do not play about they swan. Um, yes, my church is called. Uh, what up, Jarrell, if you're still on? My church is called uh, Embassy City. Definitely watch it online. So good. Liz says boundaries. I've been watching videos of Christian dating couples placing boundaries so they are not tempted, i.e. not no thigh touching, no hanging out late, etc. Absolutely. And then when you start dating and you're in the church and you start bringing your boo to church, people will hold you accountable. Hey, everything, everything going all right. And not to say they're trying to be in your business. They want to make sure that you stay on the path that God has called you to, to stay on. Let people in. When you when you ain't doing that wrong, you can let people in your business. You can let people know, oh, you know, we're going through that. We should be getting counsel. We got to stop doing that. Saying like, okay, nobody should nobody be in your business. Yeah, you should be talking stuff out with people because when ain't nobody holding you accountable or knowing what's going on, they can't minister to you. Not everybody should be privy to that, but people, people you trust, God fearing people, because if they're really of God, they will give you good guidance and knowledgeable guidance and spiritually fed guidance. Um. Vesser says, what is the difference between being spiritual versus being Christian? I thought if you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're automatically a Christian. That's the first step. That's the first step of Christianity is is uh, recognizes Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, um, honoring that. And, and that's the first step of Christianity. There's repenting, but then there's acts. You have to. That's why you got to read the Bible. For yourself, but there's th certain things that we're supposed to do and not do. Ten Commandments is a great place to start. How we treat each other, um, love thy neighbor as you want you love thy neighbor as yourself. Um, there's a lot of parameters and things and restrictions and stuff like that. It's all in the Bible. But the difference between spirituality and Christianity, uh, there is no difference. But a lot of people will call themselves say, "I'll say I'm spiritual. I'm not religious." Christianity is a religion. It's the way you go about doing things. It's the practices that you have. It's the standards that you have for yourself, right? Uh, God 
like just like a Muslim culture is not a spiritual, it's a religion. It's it, spirituality is just your connection to God. Is your connection to God. Your religion is how how you go about doing that. Your yay, your yeses and your noes, your standards, your boundaries, the way you operate in, in the world. And one thing that uh, my apostle was saying last night is people want to just be out there. I was one of them. You just want to be, people want to be out there with no sort of guidelines. Who's holding you accountable? Yourself? Because if you're in sin and you don't, and you're not reading your word, you're not in church, it's going to become natural to you. It's going to become second nature. Who's holding you accountable? Who's convicting you? Who's making, if you don't fall under a preacher or apostle or pastor or something like that, who's holding you to a higher standard for yourself? Even teams have coaches. Teams don't just go out on the field be like, hey, we just going to do what we want to do. And let's go, y'all. No, they have a coach. The coach holds them to a standard. And what holds the coach to a standard is the, the team manager or the team, the team manager. Then what holds that person to a standard is the team owner. There's always hierarchy and order. And for whatever reason, in Christianity, people have a problem with hierarchy and order. Christianity keeps you, this is the play. This is how we run in it. This is how we're going to get there. Same with football and basketball. This is the play. This is how we run in it. The preacher is like the coach. We're the players. Without a coach, you just out there running up and down the court, hoping you, hoping you win. That's a great analogy. Love that. Thank you, God. It's like you, you on a basketball court, hoping you're going to win. Where's your coach at? Where's the person that's coaching you and helping you to become a better person, giving you a better standard, telling you how to do it? That's the biggest difference between Christianity and spirituality. You better work, Simone. I see your testimony, girl. Um, the eternal prize and pleasing and honoring God is so much more important. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, Liz says, I don't know if you're still on Liz. What if that was the enemy's plan all along to wash down Christianity as much as possible so people don't take it seriously. That is exactly what he's done. And that's exactly his plan. And that's what he's continuing to do. Because you got Selena Gomez on TV talking about how she's a witch and how she's doing a documentary about being a witch. None of that's okay. At least according to God, it ain't. Um, I already answered that question from Vesser. Uh, uh, authenticating beauty says, yes, secular music detox definitely has helped me. Absolutely. Cause whatever is in the soil is in the same. So if you're watering your, your, your spiritual garden with certain music, that's, what's going to grow. Yeah. I don't watch horror movies anymore. Yeah, uh, I don't mind is a devil's playground. Sorry, y'all. If y'all coming in now, we are complete. I'm just going through and reading the comments, making sure I respect everybody's uh, everybody's viewpoint. Shamber says, I agree 100%. I am so serious about what I listen to that what I say be because that saying, I'm, I'm dead, I'm weak, I'm crying. Yeah, I stopped saying all that. I don't say I'm dead no more. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. I don't say certain sayings. I don't say I'm dead. Yep. Me neither. And you see how society and culture will switch up and how the enemy's working for us to speak those things into our lives all the time. I'm dead is like a real, 
I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. That is a real saying. I'm weak. That is it. We, we say though, we say these things all the time. I'm weak. You just speak in affirmations into your life. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. I love that. Thank you for saying this, Shamber. Quit saying you're depressed. Unless you've been clinically diagnosed, quit saying that. And if you're clinically diagnosed, keep going to therapy, keep being in prayer. But stop, we got to stop speaking certain things over our lives, especially when, you know, because life and death is in the power of the tongue. Hey, Venetia says, no more sweet. Yes, I had to calm down the music. Yes, I had to calm down the music, talking crap about, yep, and relationships, hate, blah, blah, blah. Demi Lovato's voice was kick, kicking for me. Then her music started feeling demonic to me. Yeah, y'all really watch what y'all listen to. Um, For real. All right, I already read most of these. Let's see. Young Beck says, oh, where do you start? Okay, change your language. I already read that. In the beginning, I caught you, caught yourself after saying a bad word, then eventually catch myself before it comes out. Absolutely. And you can always, like, if you slip, just be like, oh, I'm sorry. My bad. And then and fix it. All I got to do is fix it. Okay. <laughs> Oh my G, look at the devil. Rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I pray for that person. I hope they're really doing okay. Yes, so Selena Gomez um was on. I saw somebody sent me a video. She was on what's the Kelly Clarkson show talking about um being a witch and and all this stuff. Yeah, that's Selena Gomez. Ciao. No, Disney, yeah, Disney got a little dark. His Disney's a little dark. Disney is not as um as innocent as we used to think. And Ross says, still don't claim it, even if you're diagnosed. Hello, because everything could be rebuked in the name of Jesus. And it takes work. You can, I was depressed. You can get out of depression. And God's people should not be depressed. We should be able to speak over our lives, go to therapy. Do what we have to do and heal. You are never trapped in a box, okay? I love you guys so much. I hope you guys have a beautiful, blessed day. Thank you for those who stayed on with me to read the comments. If you guys, uh, I really don't have nothing else. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Hope you guys have a beautiful, blessed one. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You didn't address goat in the Bible. Matthew 5, 25, 31, 33. All right, let's see. Let's see what y'all talking about. Cause I overlooked that because I thought that you it was just a I thought y'all meant like the goat saying. <clears throat> Jesus.